0: Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's your host, John Scardina. I am so excited for this week because I get to recap what I did last week. It was really exciting stuff and for the amazing men and women that I got to meet at the State Urban Search and Rescue and Medical Special Operations uh, Conference, the SUSAR and MSOC Conferences. Really great experience, great opportunity to learn from our first responder counterparts to present about emergency management there and talk about what emergency management can do for USAR specifically. They had lots of questions. In fact, on LinkedIn, on my personal page, I put in all these questions that they had asked me at the at the beginning of each presentation. I would ask them, I said, hey, what do you want out of this? You get an opportunity to talk to an emergency manager. What are you looking for? Lots of really good questions. Any, anything as basic as what is emergency management? I thought that was a fairly funny and, and or common question that they had like what do you guys are what are you even doing to more complex questions of can you help us deploy can you help us get to funding can you help us while we're in the field what can you do for me those kind of questions and so people with a little bit of experience all the way to urban search and rescue operators people who have been doing it for a long time these amazing rescuers who are saying hey now it's time that i, I want to start working at the strategic level what do i do So they started going through and uh, they started working with me or rather I was working with them in that process to help them understand uh, the totality of the incident. And um, for sake of reference, I just said, hey, as tacticians, we need you to act as tacticians at the end of the road to provide life-saving, life-sustaining efforts for survivors, right, for individuals and even uh, with recovery and reunification and Uh, helping families find closures, all kinds of stuff. Because, you know, they, for example, Surfside Building Collapse, uh, it was a recovery mission and yet uh, was able to help out a lot of the families who were having questions. And so walking through that with them and uh, hearing their needs and what they were working on, I said, okay, that's all the tactician stuff. What happens at the the beginning of the road is you have all this strategic. We want to send resources, assets, situational awareness, updating, let you know what cascading impacts are coming down the road, all kinds of stuff. And yet, sometimes there's a disconnect. One, uh, just calling out emergency managers for a second, without that first responder or even humanitarian uh, experience, sometimes they lack the ability to understand the points of the map equal people and they don't understand the repercussions of what they're sending down the road. You get a lot of people patting themselves on the back, thinking that they were either quick or that they had the right resources. But once it gets down to the end of the road, it wasn't really what they needed, and it was either a waste of time or they just pushed it aside because they need to act. They're tacticians. On the other side of the house, with USAR, uh, fire, EMS, police, all of our first responders, and even sometimes humanitarians, I think they get a little bit bigger picture, to be honest. But th- those tacticians, because they go so fast, they're all about command and control. It's difficult for them to pull back at the strategic level and say, "Oh, this is what coordinate and collaborate means." They can't really sometimes pull back and just say, "Hey, do this, do this, do this," and you know, your VOAD's like, ah, "No," or you don't have the authority, or I I don't like you for whatever reason. Uh, they're not able to operate, and so. Uh, like very first I I talked about hey let's talk about what coordination means let's talk about project management let's talk about working with other people when you don't have the authority let's talk about um, how to get the job done and uh, working with other people who may not typically be in response real quick we're going to pause for this week's disaster tough endorsements How do you spell Doberman Emergency Management? EOP, OEP, HVA, HMP, Thyra, TTX, Drone, PDA. Whenever you need an expert, Doberman Emergency Management field experts are there for support. Contact an expert at dobermanemg.com today. The L3Harris Extreme 400P radio solves problems and is specifically designed for emergency services. How do we know? We field tested it with medical, urban search and rescue and collapse and confined structures. This radio is amazingly tough. Check out the L3Harris Extreme 400P radio at L3Harris.com right now. The Readiness Lab is trailblazing disaster readiness. Early access for the highly anticipated course, Emergency Management Response for Dynamic Populations is currently live. Think you have what it takes? Join us in Atlanta for an immersive experience. Space is limited to 40. Go to thereadinesslab.com forward slash training to learn more. Okay, let's jump back in. And so uh, I, I set up this presentation talking really about the ESFs. They're obviously ESF 9 But if you walk through the ESFs, the emergency support functions, my big pitch, and you'll hear me talk about this sometimes on the show, is if it's called emergency support function, then it's functions that support emergencies. Therefore, that is emergency services, like the actual definitions of the word instead of like, are skewed uh, definitions sometimes, and so if you look at emergency services as any organization or group that can support a disaster, then now you're talking about critical infrastructure, who typically are is not in response; they're not the first responders. But if you don't have power, water, for example, if you don't have your roads back up, guess what? You you can't function as a society, right? Especially in in the United States, and so. We need to get those things back up so they are a player. They are a part of the emergency services. If you ever have a question about that, just turn off your power for three or four days and see what happens, right? So uh, we need to start understanding that emergency services is our first responder counterparts, people I look up to, like the heroes there, but it's also critical infrastructure. It's supply chain. It's pr- private-public partner, uh, uh, private par- uh, private, uh, partnerships. It is... Working with um, other groups like all those VOADs out there, Salvation Army. We've had Patrick McGinn on here several times. Uh, We've, you know, Red Cross, where I worked before. Um, We've had, uh, let's see, uh, uh, Peace Corps even on here with Cam Starrett. So, like all these different groups come in and they want to support, and we need to start saying, "Hey, this is the totality of the incident, and emergency managers need to operate and understand who does what, and not to get into anybody's way." but really be that hub so that uh, we can um, coordinate all those resources, even um, situational awareness, uh, a big one that gets overlooked a lot, which is ridiculous because it's in like every act or action, is communications and not just the physical comms, but almost public relations, right? Those PIOs or those PRs out there, public information officers who are doing that job to, get, to relay that information. And so like working with specifically with USAR, I, I even gave the example of do you want CNN to make the story or do you want to be able to provide situational awareness to be able to to do saving and get people out of the way so that you don't need to evacuate so many people. Right. So we just started going through that and working through that process and really the outcome that I learned from my USAR counterparts and I believe that they, they learned from me in that coordination, uh, uh, that piece is that we need to do a much better job of showing our capabilities and what we need instead of just what we want. And uh, understanding the differences there is uh, really impactful. Now, we had all 28 federal teams represented there. We had several state teams represented there. We had Canada there. We had the UK there. And what I found was that, so I taught two sessions. The first session, the room was about 60% full. And then I think the word got out because there's standing room only the second time. And uh, there was just so many people who said, I want to work with my EMA. I want to work with my emergency management agency. I want to understand this. I want to do this. I want, I want, I want. And a few I needs. And I realized that, you know, we're talking with them. Hey, what are you doing to do outreach to make sure that you can work with your uh, your EMAs? And, um, it, it, that started a really fun conversation about idea sharing and, uh, somewhere really complex about MOUs and MOAs, uh, sorry, like acronym beasts this time, uh, memorandums of understanding and who does what sharing those resources, but there's the other side of the house of just very easy. And the suggestion I, I put together that I believe is the, the most simple And the fastest way to start working with your counterparts across the aisle, whether you're USAR and you're listening to this or whether you're an emergency manager, is create a tabletop exercise for a deployment. Get your leadership in the room and put together um, a scenario where a hurricane's coming in or you're doing a wildfire response, whatever it may be, where the USAR team is about to be deployed. And as that USAR team is starting to put together with all their program managers, which we would basically call our unit leaders... As they're putting together the deployment process and they're walking through step one, literally calling everybody, getting out the door to driving down the road and looking for a place to stay, sometimes a parking lot, sometimes a jail, wherever it may be, uh, You know, in that process, as you're listening to that as an emergency manager, you're going to be able to start inserting yourself into several key areas of that like, oh, I can give you the situational awareness there. Oh, your, your USAR team is just the local three local firehouses? Well, guess what? I can help coordinate with the other firehouses to make sure this geographic area is covered. Uh, we need to get a place to stay. We need to get resources down the road. Hey, it's, a, it's an active incident. What are the cascading impacts? Where's the flood going to be? Just providing more data, GIS, drone support, uh, logistical support, uh, all, all different kinds of stuff, where now you have this value added where uh, you're sitting in this room, and you're like, "Oh wow, emergency management could do so much for me." Oh wow, USAR really does have a lot of emergency management principles already built into their teams, especially if they're a federal team. And so, if they're walking through that process, you know, you're starting to do a relationship building here. Of hey, I think I can do this. I, I know I can do this. I definitely want to help you out. And just getting the people on the same team, uh, you know, on the on the same page. A really great example is uh, Chief Walt Lewis from Orlando. He shares this awesome uh, story about getting deployed to Hurricane Laura and all all the complexities with that from Florida going out to Louisiana. I think it was Louisiana. And um, what they had to do in that that process. And um, come to find out that it took them three days to find a permanent spot for all their trucks, basically a giant parking lot and um to where to set up tents and to to provide support and there was a lot of pushback from from the locals there initially and you know they're there to help people out and so they they went through this three-day process and the whole time i'm thinking wow i'm probably going to solve this for you in about 10 minutes but they're all going and they're going at 100 miles an hour sometimes probably most literally and they have a mission to fulfill and they're the tacticians so while they're trying to be the tacticians they're also trying to do the strategic stuff and there's an entire industry out there that can help them out. So, uh, very famously, great story from from Chief Lewis, who's actually been on this podcast. He's going to be on the podcast again. Uh, but, you know, it's also a, a good call out for everybody um, that, hey, maybe we can do something. And uh, to Chief Lewis's credit, he integrates with emergency management much more than I've seen others do it. Uh, he, he kind of has an additional feather in his cap where his wife did emergency management, so he had a good heads up there. But it just goes to show that there's a lot that we can talk. And so my big pitch on this episode is to to talk and coordinate with your counterparts. Now, I'm going to make a really big pitch here, and we're going to close with this, but I want you to hear me out. On the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th of August, those three days, we're doing, as part of the Readiness Lab, which Disaster Tough is associated with, we're doing an immersive three day course called Emergency Management Response for Dynamic Populations. You're going to actually be certified in how you do this. But essentially, in our perspective, dynamic populations, i.e., working as an emergency manager for specific facilities, for venues, for college campuses, for amusement parks, what, you, what name it, that population changes. And you have really no authority outside of what has been delegated to you by the organization. You have no legal authority for command and control. And so it's a pure coordination mi- mission. It's, there's no Stafford Act, for example. You just have to operate in a, a pure coordination and collaboration mission to, to do life-saving. And so we're going to be down there with the state, uh, uh, Georgia State University for three days. We're going to really hammer this in. We're, doing, we're covering everything from chemical, biological, nuclear, Seaburn, um, chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear um, incidents to uh, public relations, physical security, and working with those staff, evacuations, mass care, and so as you're working through this system of trying to understand this, you have this opportunity to coordinate with other people across the field. We are having members of the DoD, FB, uh, DoD has committed, uh, DHS has committed. We have campus emergency managers. We have Huge corporate uh, level emergency managers who represent their corporations, those facilities planning to attend. We have lots of people planning to attend. Plus, we have these SMEs. Pete Gaynor is going to be there. You can probably hear in my voice. I'm super excited for this. But if you have an opportunity to do training and an opportunity to learn both across the field and to get better at this, I would suggest that you check out the readinesslab.com forward slash dynamic hyphen populations or you can just go to a training at the, uh, the readiness lab and and find it from there but make sure you check this out if you're looking to do this kind of stuff we're going to have chief walt lewis there as mentioned before lots of really great people in fact steve johnson head of british army Seaburn division who's been on this podcast twice is going to be teaching there really amazing stuff all in make sure you check it out again pretty short episode here But I just want to do a recap of last week and offer this uh, opportunity for you to join us. We only have 40 slots available. they are starting to fill up. So please take it out and uh, we'll see you for next week.